Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, founder of the Vibrancy Method program, and I am honored to be your life and mindset coach today. I believe we are most vibrant when we are authentically ourselves, and quite often, it's our challenging moments in life that shape us to be that best version. I also believe that deep down, we all have an unshakable confidence within us, and sometimes we just need to be reminded of the light within and who we truly are. So here, we share empowered women's stories to highlight the importance of honoring the journey and to learn from their lessons. Now, love, we've got a great episode for you today, so let's get to it. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm so excited to share with you the TSN interview that I recorded last week on radio, on air, live with my friend Mitch Melnick. And there's a few things that I want to highlight for you before we go ahead and actually share this recording. Okay. So number one, just the way life works, life is so random. And if you were just open to the flow of it, I swear to God, the most interesting things will happen and come your way. And so Mitch and I, if I was to rewind back to June of this past year, we were both sitting beside each other on a train coming from Toronto to Montreal. And we ended up getting into a conversation as strangers do sometimes, I I, personally, I find that I meet the most interesting people on trains and planes. Okay. I'm totally that person. I'm not always talking to the person beside me, but if there is connection there, or if I have a hunch or something that I notice about the person beside me, I always, you know, acknowledge it or open up the door for potential conversation and just follow the curiosity of where it leads. And I'm telling you, I've made the most incredible relationships. It has opened the most incredible doors. And this TSN interview would be one of those doors. So after the four hour ride of him and I going back and forth about all things, life philosophy, you know, different perspectives, we were getting super witchy as well, or at least I was. He said to me at the end, he's like, look, he's like, I haven't told you who I am or what I do, but I am, um, I have got a show. (laughs) I'm a big anchor here in Montreal. I would love to invite you on to TSN to talk about exactly what we're talking about on the train. So all things, mindset, life, emotions, really wherever the conversation is meant to go. And back then I thought, you know, sure. Why not? I'm a yes person. I trust life. And I do really believe that life is going to, whenever it gives you an opportunity or something comes your way, it's meant to be. And if it's meant to come to fruition, it will. So rewind to last Sunday, 10 days ago, and out of the blue, Mitch pops in my mind. And again, like I just shared with you, I'm the type of person, if I get a hunch or if I get an intuitive hit, or if someone pops my mind, I've trained myself to always act on that because I know that it's a hit of inspiration. And typically what happens, and I share this with my clients, is that sometimes you'll get like this, like hit of inspiration of an idea of what to do or someone to contact or an idea. And within a couple seconds, like usually five seconds later, the mind will talk you out of it. But what I've trained myself to do and a mantra that I worked with myself personally on back in 2017 was when I noticed that I got those hits, I would say the mantra honor life and I would, no matter what, I would go ahead and do it. Okay. So I would notice, I would create space between the hit of inspiration, that feeling in my heart, that rush in my body, like, oh, like I wonder what this person's doing, you know, thinking, let's say about Mitch 
And then my mind coming in and be like, oh no, don't message him. Or, oh, yo, you have to do this. Or, oh, you have to do that. Using the mantra, honor life. When the mind would do that, I would put it aside. I would take action on the, the initial thing. And then I would let go of the result of what it would lead to. Ironically enough, sent Mitch a message and I said, hey, Mitch, how's it going? You just crossed my mind. Wanted to say hi. Literally seconds later, he says, oh my gosh, your witchiness pulls through again. You're not going to believe it. I literally just got off the phone with my daughter or with someone and I was, no, with a friend and I was telling her, she was asking if women listen to the TSN show. And he's like, actually, you'd be surprised. Speaking of which, there's this girl who I met on a train a couple months ago, and I really want to reach out to her because I want to bring her on for a segment. Kid you not, seconds after he says that is when I sent him that message. So when he, he told me this, he's like, Sam, you've got to come in this week. Are you free Tuesday? Looked at my calendar on Tuesday and literally hours before my two o'clock, exactly the time that he asked me canceled. And I had that window of opportunity to go. So I knew it was in alignment. So there I am going to TSN. And for me, this is an edge. And the reason why I share this with you is because I don't know where you are in your process of your journey, but they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And like I was saying before, I believe life is always working out for you, but it's up to us to take these leaps into situations that may not be comfortable, necessarily comfortable, and just trust that whatever's supposed to come of it, we're supposed to get, maybe somebody else is supposed to get something from it too, and just go with the motion of taking action. So for me, going on live air on a very masculine space, sports, um, in a situation where there's going to be three uh, anchors and then myself, who's never done radio before, not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous about it, but, uh, at the same time I saw it as an opportunity and I've trained myself enough to know that when you take these leaps into <laughs> the quote unquote scary or the quote unquote new, there's always so many beautiful gifts on the other side. So one hot tip I'm going to share with you that I uh, normally do before any time I have a speaking engagement before I have an interview, before I have a coaching session, or now even before potentially doing live interviews on the radio, I always connect to my heart and I say a prayer to God, to the universe, to life, to have this be in service to whoever's hearts it's supposed to land on. And just to basically use me as a vessel of love and, and give me the words that I meant to say in the highest good for, you know, the greatest good. I say like, whatever, whatever the prayer is in the, in the time, but I always say a prayer because what I find is by doing that, it lets go of the grip of the mind of making it about yourself and allows you to sink into the moment. So you could be fully present in the moment. And it's always when you are fully present in the moment where all of the magic exists. But it's, it's when the mind makes it about ourself or the mind pulls all the energy up into the analytical mind that we're not in our hearts. We're not in body. We're not accessing the full wisdom that's available that really stunts situations where, you know, you, 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 you choke, let's say, I don't want to say you choke, but you know, where you get really nervous and then you, you get really kerfuffled and then you don't know what to say and you feel disconnected. And it's like all the anxiety comes up, believe it or not. Uh, 
seven years ago now, I want to say, no, six years ago, six or seven years ago, the idea of public speaking terrified me, like to the point where if anybody called on me to say something in front of other people, I literally could not get the words out. (laughs) I was a mute. They'd be like, who is this girl and why can't she talk? Um, But I knew that that was there. And so when my girlfriend six years ago had invited me out to Vancouver to do a public speaking course, as much as that was like a uncomfortable edge, I also knew that that was um, a piece that I needed and a direction that I should jump to. So if you take anything away from this, me sharing the story, notice the things that scare you, breathe into the body, turn directly towards them and then leap because that's where you're going to have the most growth. Okay. So through the public speaking, (laughs) um, the whole weekend that I did, that whole uh, course that I did, the one thing I realized was that majority of the time why I was so anxious when it came to speaking publicly was because I was living in my mind. I was so worried about saying the wrong thing that I was so disconnected from the moment that whenever the mic came around to me or I was asked a question, I completely blanked out because I wasn't even connected to the conversation. And that's where, you know, I really stunted myself. And so what I guide a lot of my clients who have um, similar patterns and a lot of people have the fear of public speaking What I found works for me the best is literally deep breathing and focusing on listening to the conversation and trusting myself enough to know that I will have the words to say if I am called upon. You know, if the conversation comes to me, I will be so present in the moment that I will know what to say. And even that that could be like, you know, hearing a conversation and, and not really having an answer, but acknowledging the conversation, you know what, I really don't know the answer to this. And then gracefully letting it go. All of our power is in the moment. So anyways, that public speaking course that I did all those years ago, taught me all of this and actually made it where this interview live in a very masculine space on TSN, you know, so much easier for me to handle. Okay. The other thing I want to highlight with that is just seeing behind the scenes of the process. You know, I really said that prayer that this would go out to just as this podcast episode, you're listening to it, but I really set the intention that whoever is meant to hear this, they're going, you know, the message is going to land on their hearts. It's going to be in service to them. Maybe they're going to share it to somebody. Maybe there's somebody in your life after you go through and listen to this, you're like, wow, this would be really great for that friend or this person. If you get those hits of inspiration, I'm going to ask you to be a good friend and forward the episode to them, share it forward, or tag me on Instagram and let me know what you love about this episode, because I really do believe in um, helping each other. And uh, there's so much information available online, but when somebody close to me shares a resource, a book, a video that they feel can help me, I take that, that, you know, that, that piece of information and I take it to heart. And sometimes it ignites something within me and offers exactly what I needed to flip the switch within myself to give me that transformation or give me that second, you know, that piece that I was missing or that stepping stone to my path to healing or growth. So anytime a friend has shared, um, shared a resource with me, I've always been so grateful because I know that it's coming my way with love. Okay. So I invite you to also be that friend and spread the word of love to the people who may pop in your mind as you listen. That said, The second part about this that really excites me is that in this past week, 
ever since doing the episode, I have had so many men reach out to me, you know, many of which who caught the, the interview live, but then also people who are just already on my space, whether, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or people I've met in the past who've reached out and just said, you know, I, I've noticed your videos or I heard your interview and I just want to say thank you. You know, something about it really landed. Something about it helped make, you know, help make it make sense for me. Thank you. I really appreciate this. And I really wish that there were more conversations around this. And so even though my entire brand that I have built up is all about women's empowerment and really helping women find their confidence, really step into their purpose, use their voice, get into alignment. I do recognize just how important this work is equally for men. And so recording and releasing this episode, uh, I'm doing it for all of you guys out here too, so that I have something that I can share with you to, you know, maybe soften the edges of the stigma around some of the inner work and potentially open up some doors of possibility for your own inner, you know, inner journey or inner inquiry into uh, mindfulness, into meditation, into reframing your circumstances, into, you know, finding alignment for yourself as well. So uh, Mitch, if you're listening, thank you. I really, really, really want to thank you for inviting me on for my first live interview. And I'm so grateful it could be on, you know, on TSN. It's so crazy. Uh, very cool. And the other thing I want to say is that it's interesting because when you find your purpose, when you are speaking from your heart, my love, it doesn't matter the room that you're in. It doesn't matter the, the, the people that you're up against. It doesn't even matter the critics, the people who may, you know, try to be pulling you down. When you speak from truth, there's an energetics within the conversation that just lands. And I'm just so grateful at this point in my journey to have followed the unbeaten path, my unbeaten path enough to really be anchored in this message of love, to be anchored in the message of alignment, to be anchored in the message of possibility, to be you know anchored in the message of the importance of using life's triggers to help you navigate through um, finding your purpose. And I'm very passionate about all of these things that I'm constantly sharing and in whatever capacity that I can support and guide and help other people, I always see it as the biggest blessing and the biggest privilege. So for all of you guys who tune into the episode or tune into the episode or are a fan of the podcast, I sincerely want to thank you for your support. And if you're new here, if you're somebody who's listening to this and this is your first Hello Beautiful podcast episode, welcome to the space. And uh, I really, really, really genuinely and sincerely hope that you enjoy this upcoming segment. On that note, let's get to it. Happy hearts are drumming Train man, tell me maybe Ain't you got my baby 
Ever so often everybody's baby gets the urge to roam But everybody's baby but mine's coming home Welcome back. Melnick in the afternoon on uh, game night, Habs and Senators. We'll get you ready for the uh, 6 o'clock pregame with Mitch Gallo, John Still, and then Sean Campbell and Sergio Momesso, the Del Mar postgame show. we got a lot coming up, including the return briefly of Ray Ferraro after 5.30. But uh, right now, I told this story a few months ago that, you know, I take the train a lot. Uh, I have family and friends, like most Montrealers in, in Toronto, um, including a daughter. Uh, and now my mom moved back from Toronto. So I was going to Toronto a lot, back and forth. Um, and I love taking the train when I come home. It's usually the Sunday 5 o'clock train that gets into Montreal before 10 because I like to decompress, get a chance to read and catch up on my to-do list and uh, work, basically, to prep for the week. And it's quiet and kind of dislike, i got to be honest, kind of dislike that moment. When the train is about to leave and you got an empty seat next to you and it's like, good, I don't have to be bothered by anybody because, you know, I talk a lot. This is what I do for a living. I don't want to talk on the train to anybody. Nothing personal. And then just as the train is ready to pull out, there's a woman who says, I think that's my seat by the window. And she gets in her seat and I'm trying. I don't want to be rude or anything, but I I just I don't want to strike up a conversation because I don't feel like talking. And then I hear her at her end of the conversation talking about being at a Paul McCartney concert in the front row in Tampa. And then all we did was talk for the next four hours. Welcome, Samantha. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's really it's really nice to be here, to be... Um, I feel like we're back on the train. Yeah. So why is, why is Samantha here? Uh, because she... Uh, I don't know. She tapped into something, and uh, uh, she's got a great story to tell, and that's what we do. We tell stories, and uh, as I discovered, uh, she's new to Montreal. Uh, She's got this uh, remarkable uh, presence and energy about her, and so I want you to tell your story, basically, and you help others. You help mostly women, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you you explain what it is that you do? Yeah, definitely. So I work as a coach, as a soul surgeon, as a healer, as an energy worker, all of the things. And I essentially help bring people back to themselves. Uh, Long story short, if I was to rewind and take you back eight years ago, I was living in the small town of Thunder Bay, very much living a white picket fence life, had a beautiful home, five-year relationship, super successful career, yet Inside, even though everything looked good on the outside, inside, it lacked fulfillment. And then one day while I was in my car driving between real estate appointments, out of the blue, this little voice spoke to me and it said, your life isn't fun. And your life, it's supposed to be fun. You're 27 years old. Is this really how you want to live the rest of your life? And I think we can all relate to just one of those moments where you hear the whispers inside of you like screaming so loud. And it was at that moment that I knew I couldn't keep living this okay existence. So long story short, I realized I knew what I knew in my small town at Thunder Bay, but I also knew that there was a whole world out there and I had to go experience it. So going from being a workaholic in a five-year relationship, I went through a breakup, took a sabbatical from work and booked a one-way ticket to Thailand. And without knowing at the time, that first trip was going to be the start of a global adventure, after which I ended up traveling to over 70 countries all over the world, very much in a, I would almost say a spiritual pursuit, very curious about life, very curious about different ways of living, different cultures, different religions, different languages, different ways of being. And through that process of 
I want to almost say becoming, I really did find myself. And so, you know, that was a span of over five years. I would go and I would travel for a couple of months on an adventure, completely surrendered the moment. Like the stories that I have from those travel days completely deconstructed the woman who I thought I was. And through that deconstruction destruction process, I built myself back up in a way that feel, it really feels aligned. And so people started following my journey organically and started noticing the way that I was living and the presence that I had and the, the twinkle that came back, the life that came back in my eyes. And very naturally, you know, they became curious and, and organically followed. And I ended up launching a podcast three years ago and, and ended up getting into coaching from there. So I'm really grateful for this path, this journey, and the, the stories I have to share. Uh, so you were uh, basically a seeker. Very much so. And w when, what was the final, I think everybody at some point feels trapped in whatever their life is in the mm -hmm. moment. And mm -hmm. uh, it, what, what was the last, what was the last straw for you to, to uh, disconnect from your successful life, mm -hmm. quote unquote successful life, mm -hmm. to finally take the plunge into the, into the exciting but really unknown you know, there were moments, there were multiple moments where it was like I would deconstruct different periods. Like one would be when I heard that voice crystal clear. And it's almost like one of those like on the bathroom floor moments, you know, when it's the middle of the night and you know you can't go another day in your life. Like you'd rather be doing anything but what you're doing. You didn't hear a voice. It I was your voice. It, you actually <laughs> well, it heard a voice. voice. It's, it's a very spacey. Yeah. So it was my intuition. I didn't realize right. at the time, but it was almost like a little whisper. It was the inner guidance, let's say. I didn't actually hear somebody else's voice. It was... An intuitive thought. I didn't right. realize at the time, though, that's what it was. And so, but listening and trusting that, you know, that's really what guided me on that journey. And so through that journey, that was the first big plunge. And then little by little over the years, it was another jump, another jump, another jump. And the one thing I found is that when you learn to listen to your heart and you create space to listen to whatever your little voice is saying, and listen, at the end of the day, we all got, we all have it. It's just that most people, and I see it very clearly, most people are stuck, wound in their anxious thoughts. They're worried about the future. They're stuck on the past. They're living with a little bit of a, you know, an anxiety that's there that they can't actually access the wisdom of their body to be able to clearly hear what it is that their soul and their heart saying. So now with the work that I do, I teach tangible, grounded tools to help people access their own voice within. Do you find uh, for for women this is even more uh, extreme because we're so used to putting other people's needs before our own and we're so used to thinking about what everyone is thinking and how they're going to react and you know for uh, things are changing a little bit now mm -hmm. uh, with you know the Me Too movement and all that but for a long time for I don't think you know many men really understand this but just going about the world in the professional world is stressful as a woman because anything you say is going to be misconstrued misconstrued uh, so I, I I've I've lived a similar experience to you of, of having that moment of, of feeling like I needed to make a change and I've thought about this a lot and I wonder if you see that more in your practice that this afflicts for lack of a better word women more than men Absolutely. I think I think it afflicts both men and women, but women definitely have a pressure that we're up against. You know, you look at the media, you look at society standards, you look at comparison on social, you know, on social media and different things. We are bombarded with messages of not being enough from a very young age. And then from that place of not being enough, having to put on these masks of who we think we should be. And then we're out of alignment and we're really not showing up as we are. 
So for women, like one thing I'll say that's tangible and grounded, it's notice your thoughts. Like if you can bring awareness to the thoughts that you're thinking and then question it, is it really true? Yes or no? Okay, no, that thought isn't true that I'm not enough, not enough. But what happens when I believe it? I get really worried. I get anxious. I compare myself to other people. I end up, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole, follow the mind, and you can actually release it and let it go. With uh, Samantha Roberto (laughs) on Melnick in the Afternoon on TSN 690, uh, you're you're talking about learning to trust your instinct, mm-hmm. right? Your mm-hmm. gut. Trust your gut. We all have those moments, right? And but your people are afraid. The less you do it, though, the harder exactly. it is to recognize it. That's exactly. also what I discovered. I had a therapist ask me once, "But what do you want?" And I couldn't even answer because I didn't know. I was like, I haven't even thought about what I want in years, probably. I so, would have said free therapy. <laughs> so what I would say, like if I was to jump in and give you like a moment here, I would say, well, if you were to know, what do you think you would want? Because oftentimes that's actually a defense mechanism. How you come up and you're like, I don't know. It's like, no, it's just the reaction, the reactive mind saying, I don't know. So that's actually one of the stories that you could be living with. And maybe somebody listening here reacts the same way. When you notice that, an intelligent question to ask is, if you were to know, what do you think it would be? So instead of going with the normal reaction and just shutting down there, breathing into it, stepping back and giving yourself that space to get curious. And it really is in that space between in going from the anxious mind to sinking down into your body. All of your wisdom is there. I promise you anytime with any one of you guys and maybe even your listeners, you guys can connect to this. It doesn't have to take a long time. All of your wisdom is within. And we think We want this, 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 this. We are so distracted. We are so overly distracted with things that won't bring happiness. When everything we have, everything we have is within us. I I was going to say things that seem really important in the moment, in the big picture are, I don't want to say totally meaningless, but in in terms of self-fulfillment, that's like, why are you stressing over something that doesn't matter? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just have a question for I, I've been very open about having anxiety and stuff, and I've worked very hard to to deal with it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How is it possible to do what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And somehow, I mean, I've done this, and I still second guess. Mm-hmm. You know that gut reaction, and then it leads oh, me yeah. into, uh, and then that's when it spirals when mm-hmm. I don't nail, you know, the, the gut reaction, and then I start thinking it's. Mm-hmm. My brain works so quickly mm-hmm. that within a minute, I've gone through maybe 10 different scenarios mm-hmm. and then I'm just lost. Mm-hmm. How do you fix that? So, okay, Other so a few things a are coming brain. up that I want to share with you, and I hope this is helpful. But even speaking about anxiety, you know, dealing with anxiety is something that you have to deal with. You know, what if anxiety, and this is just a thought, it's an idea, you know, like I do acknowledge, you know, mental health and I do believe in therapy and all of that. I'm a huge advocate. You know, and I understand that there could be imbalances and whatnot. But what if anxiety was actually your friend? And what if anxiety was your body's way of communicating with you to tell you that you're out of alignment? But we have the mindset that anxiety is our enemy. And so when it's trying to communicate and when you're trying to speak to or it's trying to get through to you, it's getting louder and louder and louder. And then you're pushing it more and more away. And then like a pressure cooker, can you imagine? It's like, all the thoughts, the million thoughts, and then all of a sudden, boom, you react, you blow up. So that's one thing. My first thought with that is to um, potentially, and this is up to you, you know, you're an empowered person, you shift your relationship to your body. 
And then number two, the idea of needing to be fixed. Really in my practice, the way that I approach it, I look at everyone as whole. But the idea of needing to be fixed is again, the mind tricking us. <laughs> it's playing tricks on you. You are already whole. And it's really acknowledging and being with the wholeness that you can shed the layers of what you, the masks of what you think you have to have on. And I am telling you that the more that you are willing to do this work, the more that you are willing to honor your process and come back to who you already are, there is a presence and there is a radiance that will just come off of you and it will be felt. And there'll be nothing that you need to prove with it. It's your, it's your presence. I mean, Mitch got a little taste of it on the train. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I actually got to the point where I asked her if she was a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But it's actually how we're here. Right. And what did you say to that? Do you remember what uh, you yeah, said? Yeah, I kind of said, I'm like, well, I prefer the term soul surgeon, earth angel, <laughs> light worker, <laughs> lover. Poet. 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 Yeah. Artist. How did you end up in Montreal from Thunder Bay and then traveling the world? Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to take you back to when COVID first hit. I was in LA and I'm very, I've been, you know, and the one thing I want to say is for the past eight years of living my life this way, I've been so blessed because I've been flexing that muscle of leaping into the unknown and being open to adventure. And it's available to anybody if you want it. There's a freedom that's available to trust the moment. So when COVID hit, I was actually living in, in Orange County with an ex, but I was like, get me out of, get me out of the States. I do not want to be here. I went back to Thunder Bay and then he and I were separated by the closed borders for six months. Come August, he tried to come to Canada, was denied at the border and sent back. And then, uh, so he and I looked and we're like, okay, we're not going to be in this long distance situation. We looked at a map and at that point it is September, 2020, there are like High alerts, do not travel. It is so dangerous. COVID is, you know, really deadly. And we looked and we're like, okay, we're going to go somewhere and meet up. So we, we went to Grenada, a little island off the, in the Caribbean, off the coast of Venezuela, and uh, pretty much did the best play ever, the COVID play. Like to go to a place where COVID didn't exist and live on the beach was ideal. But after that, I came back to Canada and I was back in Thunder Bay and I realized he was still there. I was in Thunder Bay. It was not the right relationship for me. And I'll actually, you know, share a bit of the story because I would say that 80% of the relationship looked good. And again, 80% of it fit really well. But when I got back home, I knew deep down that something wasn't right. And I finally realized that there was a part of my heart that I had muted. And once I realized that I had muted that part of my heart, I was able to give it the mic back and listen to what it said. And in that moment, when I actually listened to the part of me that knew he wasn't the one, I got the courage to actually leave the relationship. Going through a breakup in Thunder Bay, if for, you know, I love my hometown, but it's just, it was too small for me. And I just knew I needed a new environment. I wanted somewhere to heal. And I looked at a map and I said, I'd never been to Montreal. Let's go. I rented a little apartment. Well, not little, actually. I rented a really beautiful apartment on St. Paul. <laughs> I'm not going to, I loved it. It was amazing. And uh, for three months, I just healed and it was during the lockdown it was when the curfew was at 8 p.m i spent majority of my days alone and i i honestly say that montreal gave me my heart back so originally was only supposed to be here for three months my best friend and i had plans to go to indonesia we had rented a villa in bali we were going and five days before covid plans changed and again it was almost the rug was pulled underneath my feet and at that point i had a decision to make and i just i really fell in love with the city I've really, as someone who hadn't spent time in Montreal to come here, I, I, I feel like it's a Canadian gem. 
Oh, it sure is. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, definitely a gem. What do you say to people that don't have the ability to be free in their life like that? Mm-hmm. You know, some, whether it's family, kids, financial restraints. I mean, mm-hmm. not, I, I'm, I'm, it's lovely to hear that you did that and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But how do you counsel people who are like, well, good for you, but I have like four kids and I have my aging parent and I have, mm-hmm. you know, what do you say to people like that to try and have that kind of healing that don't have that freedom? So what I would say, and, you know, I always share my, that's my personal story. So I like to share that, but, you know, freedom is a feeling that exists within and it's relative. So whatever stories you think you have, whether it's financial, whether it's work pressure, whether it's your circumstances, whether it's what happened to you 20 years ago, whether it's your, your fear about the future, you know, you have to realize that all of that is existing in your head, but then living in your body. And the more that you're willing to slow things down and question, you know, the, the reality of those thoughts and release the energy in your body, the more freedom you'll find. And, you know, this work is super powerful. I'll share one more story. Um, about a year ago, somebody had contacted me, uh, and he's a, a well-known coach, and somebody had contacted him on a thread. He had a post and had thousands of messages. And there was this one message of this girl from Afghanistan. And this is right when the states had pulled out. And she had messaged and said, I really need support. I really need help. Like, can you help me? I, please, please, please. So he had reached out to her through uh, Messenger, and he just said, you know, I don't feel that I'm the person to help you, but I do have somebody. Let me reach out to her. So he had asked me, are you willing to be on a call with her? And I said, absolutely. Like, whatever you can do, absolutely. So when I got on the call with her, you know, she's sharing beyond. Like, any of thing that, and this is why I'm, you know, relative. Like, yeah. anything that you're sharing there, this is way beyond any of us could even imagine being in a circumstance like that or sure. being in war. And as I listened to her and, and empathized with her and just held space for her to be heard, I realized that in that moment, I could still help her find her power in those situations and still have her question her mind and what she could do and how she could be and how she could, you know, be with that. And uh, long story short, she ended up, we're still, you know, she's still in my world today. I still support her through, but uh, but she just, she, she can't believe it. She said, you've, you've helped me with my freedom. Wow. So you could be like even Nelson Mandela, you could be locked in a prison cell, but you know, it, it depends. Hurricane Carter. Mm. Um, okay, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. I, I I'm kind of like an old cynic, so when when we chatted for <laughs> as long as we did on the train from Toronto to Montreal, and you 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 hit on a number of points emotionally, I was already there. I was already heading there in terms of you know eliminating negative energy. People who are just they wake up and they're miserable, and instead of you know helping people and lifting them up they want to put people down as soon as they get out of bed it's just that's a it's it, there's a meanness of spirit that's mm-hmm. too prevalent today so be able to meet you and and here because i had kind of a life-changing I, I was in a car accident three years ago and i thought that was going to be it momentarily in those five or six seconds where i thought everything was going to go black it just pushed me over the finish line where i was already headed and what you were saying kind of reinforced what I was already feeling in my gut. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important. Um, it, you're not forced to do anything here. All you have to do is listen. And specifically, you you talk with women. You have workshops with women. How do people get in touch with you? Definitely. Yeah, you can uh, check me out on Instagram at Samantha, R-U-B-E-R-T-O, Samantha Roberto. I'm pretty active there. I share little snippets through my day. And I do have, like a lot of my my. my business is built up to help women but I actually do have men reach out too I work one-to-one with men sometimes 
I wish I could figure out how to post on Instagram on social media the way that you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we keep it fun over there. You know what? Life's too serious. It's important to have fun. Yes. Oh, Preach. A yeah. freaking men to that. Have fun. You know, everybody thinks I'm always a clown. <laughs> and what people don't realize, I'm just having fun. This is me. Even in trauma, you can find humor. And especially in trauma, you can find humor for a lot of comedians. So that's kind of one of my coping mechanisms for sure. Samantha Roberto is now a Montrealer. And it was great to meet you. Pleasure All mine. the very best. Don't leave the city. <laughs> Need that energy. Especially to go back to Thunder Bay. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I love my hometown. Thanks for listening. If you love today's episode, we have many more amazing topics to come. So make sure to subscribe to never miss a beat. And since you made it this far, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto and tell me what was your biggest takeaway? I want to know if you're looking for even more support, make sure to check out samantharoberto.com for more information about my coaching packages and stay tuned because next week we have another incredible episode being dropped. And don't worry if you're super eager, we have a whole bunch of binge worthy life-changing episodes already posted so you can keep going there. Remember, you are most beautiful when you are you. So turn up your light and shine and we'll see you next week. Thank you.